Tapping the Keg Daily is live for Wednesday. It is the 27th. Hope everybody's doing well. The Milwaukee Brewers have clinched the National League Central Division. We're going to react to that. We're going to talk about why you cannot take these for granted and enjoy everyone and why this was a little special, more special, I feel, than maybe some of the others. We're also going to do the Wisconsin sports betting preview just with the Green Bay Packers. So it'll be a Green Bay Packers betting preview against the Detroit Lions. We want to get it out there before you start thinking about your bets, uh, that you have enough time to listen. Uh, This is going to be a short show. Uh, This is going to be probably around 30 minutes or so, um, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. Uh, But the goal is, since this will be my fifth show of the week, I know it's the third day of the week, you get the point, you're going to have shows all the week. That's why we're doing a short show. Uh, because I'm doing more shows today, there's no excuse you can't be following on social media. Tapping the Keg on Twitter, Tapping the Keg Sports on Instagram, as well as TikTok, Facebook at two. If you are new to the program, you came in through the socials, uh, we are on Apple, we're on Spotify, where wherever else you get your podcast, we are four days a week. Most times, uh, we're five right now. Uh, we'll probably be you know closer to five, maybe even six. Uh, with the Brewers playoff hunt, we want to make sure that we are reacting in the moment uh, versus not. So that's why we're, we're giving you these pods, uh, maybe not right away after games happen, especially on the weekends, but we're still going to be there for you. So you have that instant, immediate reaction. All right, let's talk about the Milwaukee Brewers and clinching the National League Central Division. I was at American Family Field today with my father. Uh, I went to the game. I, I was I was a little unsure when he had asked on, on Monday because I had been at the Saints game and it was it's just a lot of sporting events all at once. And I've been to a f- fair share of Brewer games and I could have used a, a relaxing evening. But uh, my dad, my mom's gone this week and I was like, you know, I'm gonna keep him company. Plus I love going to games with him. I love just shooting a show with them. We had, we had a conversation about Russell Brand and home runs at one point uh, during our, our hangout. We had a nice dinner at X Golf, which I really recommend, uh, by the way, if you need something to eat, like if you actually need dinner, X Golf is like 15, I, I, we played two meals and cold beers, like 70 bucks. Like that's pretty damn good uh, at the ballpark. And they're actual meals. Like they were a full chicken sandwich, might add a burger, uh, chips, fries, whatever you want, right? So I would definitely recommend that if you're looking for a little pro tip. But anyways, we saw the Brewers lose, uh, which was unfortunate. Uh, Brewers lost four to one, and it was like, well, it's gonna have to wait another day. The Cubs were up six nothing against the Atlanta Braves. Justin Steele, who had been terrible the last two starts, had kind of just finally figured his shit out against the Atlanta Braves of all teams. But the Atlanta Braves are relentless, as one of our Cubs fans said in a group chat. And the Cubs kept coming back. They kept biting at the apple, and the Braves got it to a 6-5 game in the eighth inning as the Brewers were just about to be wrapping up. I had put my phone away. I was tracking it, you know, pitch by pitch. It was actually on TBS. I didn't actually watch the TBS broadcast to see Brian Anderson's reaction. I have to think there might have been a little bit of elation in his voice, even though he was the national broadcaster. But with that said, I put it away to watch the Brewers at bats in the ninth, and then I pulled out my phone and said, holy shit, the Braves got the runs in. I thought Sean Murphy just drove two guys in. 
I said, wait a second, it was an error from Seiya Suzuki. And all of a sudden, you start seeing mur kind of murmurs around the ballpark. And then people start doing the tomahawk chop, which I'm sure uh, the progressive Brewer fans did not exactly like. Um, I think everyone was just showing appreciation for the Braves. It's what their fans do. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, don't get too mad about it. Uh, but anyways, it, it was an inc it was a funny ass moment. It was a funny ass moment, and the and that was when the Brewers players said they knew that maybe something was up here. And sure enough, the Atlanta Braves are able to hold on. They played the ninth inning on the big screen at American Family Field, and the Brewers are Central Division champs. They backed their way into a Central Division. They bogeyed the last hole, but you can still win majors bogeying the last hole. That is allowed. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers are allowed to lose their third straight game. They're allowed to have another game where their offense didn't really show up. Sal Freelich mentioned that they felt a lot of pressure here to kind of close the door. And so the fact that the Cubs did it for them, I think is a sigh of relief because had the Brewers lost this game, I would have popped on here, even for a short podcast, I still would have done one because we want to do the betting preview. And I would have said, look, as we get closer and closer to this weekend, it's going to start getting tighter and tighter because you're playing the Cubs. As the Cubs keep winning, now I wouldn't expect them to sweep the Braves, but if the Cubs kept winning, you'd be in a real mess this weekend. And all of a sudden things have kind of flipped. But thankfully for the Milwaukee Brewers, they win this series. And now they are on, I wouldn't say complete cruise control, but they are on cruise control here for the rest of the season. I don't think the Brewers want to sag. I don't think the Brewers want to sort of, you know, take a step back. I think they want to keep the momentum. I think they're going to be playing loose the rest of the week. And they're going to, you know, make sure that they get that sort of third best record. I, I do not know, um, and someone, if they could help me, I'd appreciate it. I'd, I assume it is based off record where if the Brave, the Brewers and Phillies were to meet in the NLCS, which is highly unrealistic, but it would be so fucking baseball when everyone's like Braves, Dodgers, Brave Dodgers, and JK, it's Brewers, Phillies, and the Phillies are back in the NLCS. But if they those two teams were to meet, you know, the Brewers have to make sure that they have that advantage over the Phillies in terms of the best, the third best record. So they have home field advantage in the NLCS. Right now, the Brewers are a half game up on the Philadelphia Phillies. So they have to make sure that they are able to close that door. I do not think that the division privilege goes as far as the final round of the playoffs. I don't, I don't believe that in the National League that is. Um, obviously in the American League, I think the same holds true, right? The Brewers currently have the same record as the Texas Rangers, a little bit less than the Blue Jays and Astros. They're not going to catch the Rays or the Orioles. So if they do have face the Rays and the Orioles in the World Series, they can for sure be, they will not be there. But it was a, it was just was a momentous day. It was so fun to see it. It's something you can kind of check off your sports bucket list that you saw a division championship winner, the excitement of it all, the jubilation that every Brewer fan, Brewer fan and, Brewer, and Brewer player had, uh, seeing all the freshmen go through it for the first time, seeing Matt Arnold in the middle of the celebration with no goggles on and just celebrating his ass off. And Craig Council making the comment that this is a very talented team and we have four more of these. And we says he has four more, means the wild card round, it means the divisional round, it means the league championship, and it means the World Series. And that to me, that four more comment just stood out. And I feel like this one, it's so, it's, it's special because I feel like it's something bigger. And maybe that is me being a delusional sports fan. Maybe that is me 
believing in something that isn't real. And it's like, Charlie, the Atlanta Braves might be one of the best teams that baseball has seen in the last 20 years. And you somehow think that they can win in a seven-game series against Atlanta. Atlanta doesn't have a ton of pitching right now. That's a, a bad, badly kept secret. Uh, Max Freed, Charlie Morton's dealing with injuries right now. They don't really have a starting rotation. They're going to have to outslug everybody. And while that's possible... Um, you never know. Uh, that can slow down at any moment. That, the power can go out. The Los Angeles Dodgers are having the same kind of pitching concerns right now. Uh, they, they have a lot of young starters. They're going to rely on a lot of young guys to get them through and maybe try to slug out a World Series appearance. It's very possible that if the Braves and Dodgers do meet in the NLCS, every game is going to be 12-10. I think you bet the over every goddamn time. But I hope that they're not involved. I hope it is the Milwaukee Brewers and they're able to cure some of their Dodgers woes. And the Dodgers are kind of sticking out like a sore thumb, right? It's It always has to be the Dodgers. There's the 2008-18, the Brewers struggles in Los Angeles, which will be probably well documented if they do advance. But the Brewers have to get there first. Yet, I think that there is something bigger at play here. And I, I'm ready to get crushed. Like, I'm ready to be just completely disheveled when the Brewers are eliminated in two weeks and wonder why I even believe that way. But that is part of sports. That's what sports does. This team has been a team that I feel like I latched on to. I don't know if you guys feel that way, but I latched on to this team immediately. Like the, I, the Garrett Mitchell walk-off home run against the New York Mets in, to sweep the Mets to, in the first homestand of the season was kind of that moment for me where I was like, there's something different about this team. The buzz about this team is a little bit different. And then when they went through their trials and tribulations, right? When, you know, May was terrible and it it just did not work out well. The Brewers were extremely banged up and they were kind of grasping for dear life. Um, When everybody was like, oh, they're run differential, they're run differential, the St. Louis Cardinals are going to catch them. Ken Rosenthal at one point said that the St. Louis Cardinals are going to win this division by 10 games and that Corbin Burns is going to get traded. Ken Rosenthal, uh, just the guy who wants national media storylines. I hope the national media is going to be okay without the Cardinals, the Red Sox, and the Yankees not in the playoffs. I, I hope they're able to live. I hope that that's not going to be too bad to watch some new kids on the block tear up the fucking scene. I look at it all, and I see that, and I see May, and I, in June, you get swept by the Astros, and I remember how fucking down I was after they got swept by the Astros and they had this tough stretch coming up and all of a sudden the Brewers started to win some baseball games. They started to put things together. July was a little more up and down than what you saw in August and September, but you started to see the the coming together of a team. You started to see more things about this squad. Sal Freelich gets called up. He has the amazing debut against Atlanta, no less. Then you in you get Mark Hanna, you get Carlos Santana, some scrutiny because it's like the Brewers didn't do enough. And those guys are absolutely lightning rods for the team. And the last pretty much six weeks has been a fever fever dream. It has been fun to watch Brewers baseball every night. You expect them to win every night. When they lose, it's surprising because they've won so much. They have the best record in baseball since the middle of August of last season. So if you are just jumping on the bandwagon and you're just someone who watches playoff baseball, I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm going to embrace you. I'm going to let you in. But I will tell you that this is a special baseball team. This is a baseball team that I think matters a little bit more. And that's a little more important. I think that they're fighting for so many things. I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes. 
I think Craig Council is done after this year. I have no intel on that. I have no knowledge on that. But I truly believe that Craig Council said something to them from the LA trip to Texas. And if you remember that, the Brewers got swept by the Dodgers middle of August, and then they go and they sweep Texas. They played Texas after probably getting into Dallas at like 5 a.m. They were able to beat Dallas that night, and then they went on a complete tear after that. I truly, truly believe that Craig Council said to those guys that this is my last year of being the manager, and I would really like a World Series as a manager. I have two as a player. I can tell you they're awesome. I want one more as a manager. I truly believe that that is what happened, and you can't convince me otherwise. You could also tell me that Bob Eucher's in his last year of calling baseball games. Maybe he wants to call it at his 90, but it's, it's running out of time for Bob Eucher, which absolutely crushes my soul, but they know that too. Bob Eucher is part of that locker room just as much as anybody else on the team. So they want to win it for Bob. The Rowdy Telez, Josh Johnson controversy, that was one of the most fake and fraudulent things that John Boy has ever done. I have a, a ton of respect for John Boy. They built you know, a baseball empire out of pretty much nothing, but they showed their whole fucking ass with that commentary. And the fact that the Brewers were making fun of it immediately after the games tells you everything about the team chemistry of this, of this Brewers organization. I, I really love the fact they spit in his face. I think that the Brewers are so well-connected right now. Uh, Mark Ananasio said it. Uh, it said this is the most connected team they've had in 19 years. And I felt like it was a shot at David Stearns. I really did. I felt like it was a shot at David Stearns subtly and said, like, hey, look, Matt Arnold has put together a winner. And not only has he put together a winner, he's put together a group of guys that love each other and that would die for each other, that are, are living and breathing on every pitch, that want to make sure that Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, Corbin Burns are going out there and throwing complete game shutouts every goddamn time out. Devin Williams getting the chance to redeem himself after punching a wall after the 2021 celebration and breaking his hand. It's just, it's all right there for the Milwaukee Brewers. And that's why I, I look at this year and I, I think of it as more. And I, I do think that sports does that to you. I, I think that this is not the first time, certainly not the last time, that sports is going to make you believe in something that isn't there. I will tell you right now, the Packers find a way to win the, the NFC North. I will probably talk myself into a Super Bowl appearance and say, you just never know. You don't know. This team's different. And yeah, maybe they're going to have to add some veterans at the deadline, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I think you just start believing. You start telling yourself and you start painting this picture of what it would be like. I will tell you to bring it back to my father. I want a World Series more than anything else as a sports fan. That is the one thing I want. I've seen the Packers win a title. I've seen the Bucs win a title. I'm extremely blessed to have that in my memory bank. Two Pack titles, actually. I would love a Marquette title. I would, I would love a Brewers title, though, more than any of them because my dad loves baseball i we talk about baseball all the time we've go we go to baseball games together uh baseball is you know kind of in our relationship it, it's really an important part as i've gotten older and i want that for him and i know that you know i hope he's here for a long time and i hope he's here for you know decades on end but at the same time you know you never know and so i i, I want this i want that badly and I think there's a part of me that too that just feels feels different and it feels it feels kind of a little bit 
a little bit like the 2021 Bucks, a little bit like some of the Packer teams that we believed could go far, whether it be 2014, even to that 2021 team that fell apart against the, against the 49ers. The uh, that, I don't know, 2011, I think we still believe because of the year prior, but that was a little bit of house money. Um, you know, so many times Packers would come and banged up to these playoffs and they find their way into the NFC Championship game. And you're like, what? How did they get here? Um, I don't feel that way. I just feel like the Brewers are a very well-rounded team. So if you are coming in, that is my that is my sell. That is my thing that I would tell you as to why you, you should be in on this team. If you've been here from the start, if you're part of the OG, you're part of the people that are watching in April, that are watching in the dog days of June and July, I would say embrace it too and enjoy it and live it out and and, talk, and think through just all that there is available here and that what's what's on the table for us and how we're going to deal with the daily heart attacks as we go on starting next week and that we're going to be at work trying to watch games and making sure that we keep ourselves updated to the minute and just and we're living and breathing on every pitch. Playoff baseball is so fun to watch when it's not your team. When it is your team, it is a complete nightmare for nine innings because you have no idea how it's going to go. And Atlanta was a just a bad series in 2021, and we really haven't had a lot of playoff joy since 2018. It's been a long time. Despite making the playoffs the last five or six years, we have not necessarily had a lot of playoff excitement. And 2021, they were hot, and then they sort of took the foot off the gas pedal. Uh, 20, 2019, you know, Christian Yelich gets hurt down the stretch, and that's an entire what if in its own podcast that we could do. And then they lose inexplicably to the Washington Nationals because Josh Hader can't get it out. And they, if they beat that Nationals team, do they beat the Dodgers? And then do they go to the World Series? Remember, the Nationals win the World Series. And Brewers have been the good luck Chuck. I've talked about that in the past where they have seemingly been the team that everybody beats to win the World Series or get there at least. It's right there, man. I think it's, I, I just feel very confident about this baseball team. And I, I hope you do too. Uh, and I'm very excited for, for it all. I don't know if I have anything else to add. I thought the celebration was great. I mentioned the Telez thing. Sal had a, a fun moment where he was getting interviewed. He gets sprayed with champagne. He puts on his goggles. He drinks the champagne. Then it goes back to the interview, taking off the goggles. Just great awareness uh, by Sal. And then also just to be able to get the goggles down so he doesn't get sprayed too hard. Uh, William Contreras had a big celebration where they were pouring a ton of champagne on him. Uh, there was a stogie moment, I think, where Bryce Trang was lighting Sal's stogie or vice versa. Uh, Freddie Peralta has a massive chest tattoo that I didn't know about that I do today. Uh, I think there was a good William, uh, William Adonis story from Kurt Hogg that I haven't listened to yet. Uh, so I'll check that out. But yeah, the Brewers, Brewers had fun. I'm sure they're going to tear it up at some nightclub, probably 720. It seems to be the athlete nightclub and probably be a pretty hungover day on, on Wednesday. I asked Wade Miley if he's going to pitch. He said, heck yeah, which I love. Um, and now we go. And now we see who's going to be the opponent as it goes down to stretch. And the fact that it happened because of a Cub gaffe is almost perfect, right? I would have loved to win it, but the Cubs fucking up almost is better. Like, that sounds so cynical. That sounds like, you know, such a, a bad way to fan. But let, let's be clear here. The Cubs were the ones who told us all summer, they're getting lucky. They're getting lucky. They're getting lucky. 
And in a situation where actually the Brewers got lucky and say a Suzuki dropped a routine fly ball, despite being a five-time gold glover in Japan, by the, by the way, that's how the Brewers win the division, by actual getting lucky. And a lot of times they were not getting lucky, according to Cubs Twitter. And just, it's, it's incredible. It's beautiful. Um, and it's, it's, we'll see how, we'll see where the opponents stand out. But yeah, I am all in on it, man. I'm more in than I've been in a long time for Brewers baseball. I want to make sure that I'm talking about the Milwaukee Brewers until early November and not a week and be done and wrapping up the season and looking ahead to next year. All right, let's move on to the Green Bay Packer betting preview. Uh, it's actually the Wisconsin betting preview, but we're only doing the Green Bay Packers because the Wisconsin Badgers are off this week. So it is just the Packers and we're doing it on, on Wednesday. We usually do it on Friday because of this Thursday game. Uh, so that's why you are hearing this now. Uh, as for Friday, we'll be recapping the game actually with special guest Shaken, uh, who's going to hop on for the first time in a long time. So him and I will uh, do the recap pod tomorrow, and hopefully it is a better result than when we did the Heat recap pod. Uh, but we'll maybe try to go one to one and one. That's what we hope for here. Anyways. The Green Bay Packers are one and a half point underdogs to the Detroit Lions at home. I'm sure this is the first time in a very long, probably since Brent Hundley, so it may not a very long time, that the Packers are underdogs to the Detroit Lions at Lambeau Field. Uh, the Packers are one and a half at minus 104. The money line is at 109 plus for the Green Bay Packers. And the over under is at 46. I would take the Green Bay Packers money line at plus 109. I am not a huge fan of taking the one and a half point. Uh, we have seen a lot of games end up one, including the Packers game last week. So you could take that risk that maybe it's a one point game and then the Packers end up covering the spread even though they lose. But is it fun to bet against the Packers to lose, quote unquote? No. You can bet the money line. You can get, you know, 1090 out of $10 bet. Um, so a decent return, maybe just bump that up a little bit, do like 10-1. So you're getting that, you're getting that extra extra couple cents there. But yeah, I, I think you go with the money line. And even if you if you don't if you're like wavering, like if you're not fully confident the Packers are gonna win, like you still just bet that money line because one and a half, you're likely not gonna win. And it's minus 104 versus plus 109. So it's like if the Packers are going to win the game, you're likely covering that one and a half point spread. I shouldn't say that you wouldn't win. You, you would win, but the Packers likely win the game because of that. So that's why you should take the 109 versus the one and a half. Uh, as for the matchup itself, I, I just think that the Packers, A, have a lot of fuel in their belly. I think they want to make a statement. I think the opportunity is there. The Lions are really dealing with some cornerback issues. We didn't see it against Atlanta because Desmond Ritter's terrible. Uh, they're going to expose it. The fact, too, that it's likely that Aaron Jones and Christian Watson are going to be back. I know Christian Watson has to be medically cleared. That is a huge deal. That benefits the offense dramatically. I do think that line will move if Watson and Jones are both active. I would expect that line to be closer to even, if not the Green Bay Packers favored. I don't think it'll go there before the act, inactive come, inactives come out. I, I think that it will stay at that one and a half, maybe that 109. This is something I struggle with, so I'm not trying to be like, you gotta do this, but if any game you know fits like getting a bet in early, 
it's probably betting the Packers like now. We're betting the Packers right away in the morning on Thursday and not waiting until the inactives. Just take the risk, right? Could they win without Christian Watson and Aaron Jones? Probably not. Uh, but I still think that there is a chance that they, they could play with the Lions. They show they could play with the Saints. The Saints, I feel like, are on the same level as the Lions. So why couldn't the Packers do it again in a, in a short week? But it seems like they'll at least have one. Maybe they'll have two, but it, it, they feel pretty confident that they're going to have both of those guys back. I liked how Matt LaFleur tried to make sure that people are like, he's like, no. He's like, you still got to get med- medically cleared. Like, we know we know what's up, Matt. But yeah, I, I like the money line at plus 109 because I do think Packers are going to win this football game. I like what I've seen out of the Packer offense. It's It's been enough. Defensively, I'm not as scared as of Jameer Gibbs. I know Dave Montgomery might play. I think I worry a little bit. If we get both Montgomery and Gibbs, I know Jameer Gibbs is an electric sort of guy behind there, but it hasn't seemed like Ben Johnson has really unleashed Jameer Gibbs. Now, could he unleash Jameer Gibbs in the game against the Packers? Absolutely, because Packers run defense has been terrible. I do worry about the Ben Johnson, Joe Barry offense, Joe Barry sort of chess match, because I, I think it's one-sided at best. But yeah, I, and defensively, yeah, I just do not think the Lions have the horses and they've been pretty banged up we're able to get by with Atlanta, but I think that was because Atlanta played right with their hands. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm taking that plus 109. Give it to me all day. As for the over-under, uh, we lost this last week because I told you guys I leaned under. I didn't lock it in. So I've been marking that um, as a like record-wise. Like I'm technically 0-1 in stay-away decisions. I'm 4-1 overall um, on the year. So if, if anyone is curious on how these are performing... The over-under is at 46. That, that's, a, that's a stay away for me, honestly. I don't even have a lean. So I'm not even going to put a lean um, on it. Um, I feel like I should. Like, I feel like I, part of the segment is I should probably, even though I don't feel great about it, I could easily see this being a rock fight. I could see these two teams you know, really going at it, and it's just back and forth, back and forth, and one team wins like 13 to 10. And it ends that way. I could also see a lot of points because Joe Barry has no idea what he's doing against Ben Johnson. The Lions defense is suspect at best. And I could easily see this clearing that over as well. So I'm going to take the over as a lean. uh, But I I really do not feel great about it. I would not endorse it. 46 is the highest we've seen the Green Bay Packers this season. uh, So that they are kind of asking you, like, are you willing to risk four extra points than what you saw against the Saints? Six extra points than what you saw against the Bears and the Falcons. I do think this Packers offense is dynamic. And if they do have all their guys back, I think 46 makes sense. I think if it went to like 47 or 48, I'd be extremely on maybe the other side or potentially hedging and taking the under and seeing if you can't meet the middle. The hedge would be is if you bet 48 under, under but 46 over, then if it hits that 47, you win both your bets. It never works. Um, it's never something. That's why people talk about zero hedge. Anyways. Uh, I have the first ever. This one I do have, and we'll, we'll count as picks. It's the Packers same game tees. We do not have a same game parlay. We're not that cool. Um, also, I would not rip off the people with same game parlays. They are a fucking rip off. Um, so just know that uh, when you place them, because they just never actually work. It's just like it's like this thing, this thing, this thing has to happen, and that's how you're gonna get your like uh, plus twelve fifty or some bullshit like that. So I give you a same game tees. That's even money. Right now, you could take the Packers up to eight. That'd be buying six and a half points. You could take the Packers lines under 
down to 39 and a half in that same scenario. You could also take the over or the under up to 50, what would that be? So it's 46, it would be 52 and a half. Uh, if you felt like they're not going to score more than 52 and a half. I feel like I, there's a better chance they score more than 39 than they don't score 52. That will pay even money. So whatever, you know, your unit size is, if it's 10 bucks, like it will pay you 10 bucks back. And you don't have to have the Packers win. You don't have to have the Packers win by a touchdown or lose by a touchdown. As long as they stay within that touchdown number and they score a few points, like you're golden. I, I personally probably like that. The, I actually like the money line on the Packers the best, but that tease, that tease is nice, man. That that's the kind. Those are the kind of teases you sort of dream about when you're looking at these sort of things to say, oh wow, this just sets up perfectly for me. I would not recommend like taking the over plus the money line and trying to parlay that. That sounds like a bad idea. Like I said, I'm not convinced on the over and the under. If we're looking at touchdowns, so remember, I hopefully you're getting your money back when I've talked about Aaron Jones. And saying like, hey, Aaron Jones is just coming back. Like, you got to be careful. Looking at some of the numbers here for the Green Bay Packers that we have available. I think the number one that I like is Christian Watson at plus 190. I think that they'll try to feed him the ball if he's in the game. He's not even being a squeaky wheel. I just think at some point you're going to make sure that Christian Watson is getting that ball. Jaden Reed at plus 350 is number two. He's always around the goal line. I think that that is is worth noting even though john travian wicks will now be the fourth wide receiver him at 750 is kind of nice I, I like that i think that's something to take advantage of um i won't i won't go with wilson i do like love to run another one in at plus 400 lions have a lot of prep a lot of pa uh, pass rush i think that that would be another good idea so those would be my anytime suggestions uh for you and so, yeah, hopefully we have a good start to the NFL week and we might do some observations um, with Shannon on Friday show and just sort of look at, you know, kind of the lines both for the NFL as well as college football. Uh, but we can cross that bridge uh, when we get there. So we'll see if that's part of it. But yeah, that's today's show. So here we go. This is a quick show. Uh, this is... We made 30, 31. I think with the editing, we'll probably get down to 30. Uh, and this is kind of what we'll do, you know, when the Brewers have a playoff game and I'm not supposed to pod that night or something like that, you'll hear my voice. And next week will be a lot of the same. I am tempted to take off Monday. And then we have shows Tuesday. We have, well, actually, uh, I'll figure it out. Don't worry. I'll get you a schedule. I promise. So I'm not, I'm not going to litigate my schedule on the podcast because I love doing that shit. And that's what we're not doing today. All right. Take care. Have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow with Mitch. Take care. Bye.